Contacting demons, apparently. We need to exercise the demons. <laughs> Where did you get that voice from? I, I love it. You're like, totally wearing twister. Totally wearing twister. Yeah, and just so many things you say that way, and it's so funny. I've never heard it. I, I've never heard that. I can't even do it. <laughs> I sound like Jimmy Fallon in Ew! That's my stepdad Gara. That's stepdad Gara. I don't remember. It's one of those characters. Well, it's fantastic. It's fantasmism. Fantas- Fuck. <laughs> I don't even know. All right. So let me tell you guys a true crime story <laughs> <laughs> that happened to me. Tickle well, my ear holes, lady. I feel like it could have become a true crime story. <laughs> um, this should be good. And I'm, I'm hoping that this gentleman... <laughs> Does not listen to our podcast, but I have a feeling he might. So this is not me um, dogging you. It's just some advice. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, I might dog you. What'd you do to my girl? So I'm pretty sure that I was recognized from... Famous. The only reason I think it's from our show Uh is because... The first thing I noticed about him is he had a mask on that said Zach Bagans Haunted Museum. Oh, cool mask. So I was, I noticed the mask and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I noticed his death stare. Ew. So I'm in line at uh, Wawa and he was probably four people ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And you know, you just know someone's staring at you. You know? How could you not? So... And it's like in the morning, I'm just getting coffee and shit before work, trying to go. And all of a sudden, I just look over and he is staring at me with this mask on his face. But his eyes are big and round and they're blue and he's bald in case any of you know him. <laughs> in case you see um, this guy. He has big, giant blue eyes um, and he's just literally staring at me without breaking his like contact without breaking like st- boring his stare. a hole in your head yes and i'm like holy shit what the fuck so i like look away because that's what you do when you're uncomfortable right yeah but then you're like i need to check and see if this dude's still looking at me so i look over and he is still just fucking deadlocked on me just staring right into my eyes like super intense and i'm like well this is creepy ew and then I noticed his mask and I wanted to be like oh nice mask i like it and then i was like no don't say anything <laughs> <laughs> don't invite so, it so then I'm like looking away and it's super uncomfortable and the fucking guy at the cash register is taking forever and I'm like, hurry the fuck up. I gotta go. And then I look back and again, like literally every time I like looked away and looked back, he's just fucking staring right at me. And he know he's gotta know that he's being so obvious. You know what I mean? 
it made me super uncomfortable. I mean, it's morning, it's daylight, there's a bunch of people in there. I shouldn't have been scared, but I was like, something's up with this. Well, no, dude. if somebody's staring at you like that, that's fucking scary. So then that's I'm creepy. like, then I'm like, well, a, it could be like someone that we're afraid of, you know? Yeah. Or B, it could just be like maybe someone recognizes me. And all you can see through the, like, with the mask on is their eyes, so yeah. it looks even scarier. But you still, if I look away because I'm uncomfortable, you pick up Stop the Stop staring. Dude. Yeah. So anyway, I'm like, this, he's, I'm not crazy, like, he's definitely staring at me. So then he pays, and all of a sudden, instead of walking out the fucking door, which is right behind him, he comes down the line over to me, and I'm like, oh, fuck. I Ew. knew it. So, and then he was just like, hey, how you doing? And I was like, I'm good. And then he just walked out and I was like, what the fuck? I'm, I mean, when he walked over, I was like, okay, I'm not crazy. Like he was definitely staring. Yeah. And the fact that he had the Zach Bagans haunted museum mask on and I don't know. I just felt like, like he was hardcore just staring me down. And I'm like, you, that's not okay though. Without seeing the mouth or anything, you're like, this guy's going to like murder me. You know? Yeah. And when I left Wawa, you know, when he walked out, I was still in line. So I didn't see if he got in his car and drove away. He mm-hmm. could have just gotten in his car. I was trying to look to see, like, what the drivers looked like that were going by and stuff, you know. But he could have still been in the parking lot. And then I'm talking to Katie on the phone on my way to work. And she's like, well, watch the cars behind you. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, make sure no one's following you. I'm like, oh shit, they're following. They're gonna know where I work. They're gonna know my license plate number. They're gonna find my house. They're gonna find my fucking life. They're gonna know every fucking thing. So I'm like, oh shit. But I think it was a simple like he recognized us because we are we have lots of IGTV videos and we have lots of friends that are paranormal investigators. We have selfies and all in sorts the of shit. Yeah. area, you know. Yeah. And I think it was something like that. I hope, it but was it was that. just done the wrong way, dude. I really hope it was that. But just for our male friends in general, that is not the way to go about it. You don't bore holes in a female's face and make them feel uncomfortable, right? And especially like now when we have to wear masks. It is, we can only see your eyes. So if you're not, take a social cue, homie. Right. If we, if we break glance, we are unfucking comfortable If you are just going to sit there and stare like a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take the cue and stop it. I feel like I have been marked. I'm like never going to Wawa again in my life. Like, that's really cool. Like, on I will one be hand, the, like, I will be at the shell down the street, so look for me there. Right, go to BP, <laughs> 17 miles away. <laughs> I feel like like if you recognized her, that's really awesome. That's tip of the hat, and you have a fucking awesome mask. Like, that's really cool. Right, I know. But at the same really time... Scary. If it was nighttime, it would have been a whole other level of scary. Though. At the same time, don't ever fucking do that again. Right. That, no. That's just a big old fucking no. Right, it was really scary, and... I, I don't like going places by myself at nighttime. I don't like going places by myself during the day. Things like that happened to me. Like, just the other day. Not yesterday. Maybe it was yesterday. It was yesterday, Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, yesterday I was in the fucking giant by my house. Yeah. And I walk in, and this guy, I see him look at me, I'm like, hello. And he's like... <laughs> hello. He's like, how you doing, gorgeous? Ugh, and I, was like, I hate those oh, people. Oh, shit. And I was like, I'm good. And 
he just happened to show up in like every aisle I was in. I'm like, motherfucker, there are arrows in this aisle and you're going the wrong way. There and I'm just to come in my aisle. There are 27 other mm-hmm. aisles in this store. Find another one. So then he starts following me through the store and it's like 830 at night. So there's so not many people. Dark. There's not many people shopping there. Yeah. It's very dark. And he's like whistling at me right behind me and he's fucking following me through the store. So I couldn't even look for what I needed. I found wherever there was like more than one person and I was like standing there. And then I just fucking like waited. I went through the store and I didn't see him for a while. So I checked out. But like, don't fucking do that. Are you fucking kidding me? That was not cute. I was terrified. That's not a way to get anyone's attention. And it's not. Has that ever worked for anybody? Let's be real. If you're a guy and you're listening to this, has catcalling, whistling, and following a female anywhere, has that ever worked for you? Because I feel confident enough to speak for all women and tell you, nuh-uh. Yeah, It has never fucking worked. It's not cute. Stop it. And usually when this happens to me, it happens at nighttime. And that's why I don't like going anywhere by myself at night. Like one time when we worked at the other salon. Uh Uh-huh. And I went to the shoppers next door. Yeah. I was in line and this security guard. Oh, so what happened was I was in line and this guy was behind me. Mm -hmm. And I felt him put his face (gasps) in my hair. I remember you. And he sniffed and he said to in my ear, he said, I'm taking you home with me tonight. Oh, hell no. And I was like, oh, shit, I forgot something. (laughs) So I got out of line. And I was walking around the store, and then the security guard, which I didn't even know they had those at Shoppers, came up to me. It was probably those Securitas <clears throat> people that do, like, the whole shopping center. I don't know. Well, yeah. he, this guy was in Shoppers yeah. watching me on the cameras. Oh, okay. And he said, look, there's someone following you around the store. I've been watching him on the camera. And oh. I said, I was like, you're a little fucking late. He got me already. <laughs> like, <laughs> motherfucker's face if, was in my hair. Yeah, if I didn't get out of this line, you idiot. So the weirdest part about that whole thing is, I I don't know, I same thing, I like circled the store for a while until like I felt like it was safe to go. Mm-hmm. And as I was leaving, my dad and Timmy were walking in. Yeah. And they never shopped there. Yeah. It was just so strange. And I was like, can you please walk me back to the salon? Thank and God. it was so weird. I had that happen. I've had, I've had this happen. I ran over someone's foot, like legit one time <laughs> because he wouldn't get away from my car. I fucking felt my car go over his foot and he started screaming at me. Like this is happening so creep. many times and to, but never in the daylight. <laughs> I know. So I called, I texted Katie cause I'm not sure with the kids in school and all this stuff. I said, when you have a second, call me. I would have been blowing up your phone. Not giving a flying fuck if you were busy. Be like, oh, you're blow drying someone? Cool. Talk to me anyways. Yeah. I was like, I was about so to shit my up. pants. <laughs> oh, dude. I was so shook. I was like, please talk to me. Please talk to me. You know. Anyway. This is, I, I, I'm not saying this to sound condescending or conceited because I know from growing up with you that this has happened to you. Yes. I started getting like the whole cat calling and shit when I was like 11, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And walking by construction sites, walking to seven. That was the worst. Oh my god! And that's so cliche too. Like now you think about it, but you're like, God. Now it's like a fucking riff in a movie. It is, but when you're a young girl, or even us as full grown women, like it's uncomfortable. Do you remember us when we were like freshmen in high school, and you and I would be walking through Greenbrier Shopping Center, and grown ass men that are like fifty, sixty years old would be catcalling us. And we'd be like, what store can we duck into to fucking 
hide because they oh, would yeah. drive up and down the parking lot watching us. Uh, that, that, I mean, it's we should have known. We should have known. I mean, we knew enough to hide from them, but we should have known to like call the police at that Fucking time. Like pedos, just, man. Yeah. People suck. Anyway, Even as adults, I'm we don't not, like it. No, I do not like it at all. Nobody likes it. Like, do not follow me. I mean, if you want to come up to me and say hi because you recognize me or something. Say so before tell approaching. Me, tell me. Um, but I I knew, I was like, this guy's going to have to come over and say something to me. I just know he's going to. And he fucking did. And I was like, fuck. I would have been shaking. And but like, you did have a cool mask, man. I want that mask. Pee rolling down my leg. Dude. <laughs> it was crazy. Anyway, we have an, uh, well, this is going to air first, but we just recorded a demonic episode and we have another one for you. Oh yeah. We're doing exorcism week. Whoop whoop. So. Hide your kids, hide your wife. Hide your Grab face. your holy water. <laughs> right. Maybe some salt. Some so, olive oil. That'll make, that'll make sense when you hear the next episode. Since this is going to air first, we should give a uh, warning again. Uh, so I'm just going to do a blanket. Especially for this one. We need to be yeah, a little bit more this, detailed. This one. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to do a blanket trigger warning. Uh, this is really deep into religion. Uh, the, some bad words. There's also going to be actual audio from an actual exorcism. So if you're not comfortable with that. There's going to be audio from We will warn this. them though before we put that Yeah. Up. There's going to be um, real audio from this particular uh, exorcism. And what I'm actually talking about is a... Real exorcism, a famous exorcism. That we're sure you guys have heard of. We know that you've heard of. And Saint the movie. Saint it. Heard the it. Saint it. Um, so stay tuned and I'll tell you all about it. part i have to tell you something really fucking funny so i have a drink by my side because we're at my house and katie didn't bring one up because she's already feeling pretty good so and she has to drive home later so she was looking at my drink she's like can i have a sip of your drink and i was like sure and she takes it and like downs half the cup in like three seconds and i was like whoa like i have never seen her chug a drink like in my life and now my cup is empty she was like did you want a sip of the drink or half of it i was like can i have some more and i left her like a sip a sip now i have an empty cup so this should be interesting worth it anyway let's get into tears streaming down my face so i have to let's get back in the creepy zone i have to wipe so i can like read through my (laughs) read through the tears 
All right. <clears throat> so Katie is talking about an exorcism that is. Uh, so tonight I am talking about the truth behind the exorcism of Annalise Michelle. Or, as you all know, her as. I'm speaking. The exorcism. <laughs> the exorcism. I'm speaking like William Shatner. <laughs> Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah, is the, the movie that was loosely based on Annalise Michelle's exorcism is the uh, exorcism of Anna, uh, Emily Rose. <laughs> Drink more, bitch. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I need an exorcism now. Okay, okay, let's get started. I'm ready. All right, me too. Let me find my scammy. Dazzle me, darling. Dazzle me. <laughs> All right. So, since 1973's landmark horror film, The Exorcist, possessed people and priests who try to help them have been such a common trope in movies and TV, it's easy to forget exorcism is a real practice that continues to be performed on real people to this day. It's not just a thing from horror movies, and it's not just a thing from the Middle Ages. Someone is probably being exercised somewhere in the world at this very moment. A stark reminder of this is the harrowing real-life tale of Annalise Michelle, a young woman who died in the throes, no pun intended, of an unholy number of exorcisms. This didn't happen in some pre-enlightenment era or in some third world country. It happened in 1976 in Germany, a country considered one of the more rational and advanced countries in Europe. The story of how this could happen and sensational aftermath serve as a chilling reminder of just how real the practice of exorcism remains. Although the story of Annalise Michelle sounds like the kind of terrifying thing that occurred regularly in pre-modern eras like the burnt at the stake, happy middle ages, the fact is that the horrifying scenario took place less than 50 years ago. Annalise Michelle was born in the small town of Klingenberg, Bavaria in Western Germany in 1952 and met her tragic end at age 23 in 1976. Michelle was born into an extremely devout Catholic family. As Michelle's mother told the Telegraph in 2005, she, the mother, had a child out of wedlock in 1948, bringing such shame on her family that she was made to wear black on her wedding day. Because she had a child. Young. Young. Did I hear that commercial? Yeah. I had a child. Young. <laughs> and... I would be honored to wear black on my wedding day. Oh, hell yeah. I had black in my... You did have black in your wedding dress. In my wedding dress, yeah. Um, I'm going to burn that bitch. So, yeah. <laughs> the mother tried so hard to atone for her sin that she went to great extremes with her piety that by the time Annalise was born, rejecting reforms <clears throat> the Catholic Church brought on with... I don't even know what this means. Vatican II. Yeah, with Vatican II. I don't even know what that means. Additionally, her father had considered becoming a priest and three of her aunts were nuns. As a result, Annalise, a naturally sensitive girl, felt pressure to atone for the sins of others around her, including sleeping on the floor as penance for drug addicts who themselves slept on the ground at a train station or elsewhere. The family setting would only serve as a launch pad for a real-life nightmare by the time Annalise was diagnosed with both physical and mental disorders as a teenager. So... Not only is this family hyper religious, oh yeah, like almost to like an Opus Day level, right? I mean, th I feel like this girl 
doesn't have a fucking chance to begin with. Because if she thinks that she has to atone for everyone else's sins around her, right. people she doesn't even know, right? this girl is never going to find happiness in anything. Right. I mean, she's never going to have a life of her own to live. Like, I feel like she's just always going to be on a dirt floor, eating nothing. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, trying to be like some saint or martyr. Some or super martyr. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So, let's talk about the possession. Let's talk about it. Annalise began experiencing blackouts at the age of 16 in 1968. At first, she'd walk around in a trance, unaware of what she was doing or wet the bed. (laughs) Me too, girl. (laughs) Soon she was experiencing convulsions. A neurologist diagnosed her with temporal lobe epilepsy, which can cause seizures, memory loss, and hallucinations. Furthermore, it can cause a disorder known as Geschwind syndrome, which causes one to act in an excessively religious manner. She began to take medication for her epilepsy and enrolled in the University of Würzburg in 1973. However, despite the treatment she was receiving, her condition worsened and she fell into a deep depression and considered suicide. She heard voices telling her she was damned and saw the face of the devil all around her. It was then she became convinced she was possessed by a demon. Now, I will say, as somebody who takes medication... Um, that is a mood stabilizer, Um, most medications that are for moods, that are mood stabilizers, Mm -hmm. uh, antipsychotic medications, Mm -hmm. um, are also used for epilepsy and vice versa. Oh, okay. Um, And all of these medications carry a risk for suicidal behavior, uh hallucinations, um, and can have... Adverse and opposite effects. Yeah. You know, it's not clear whether she, like her doctors tried her on more than one medication or if they just tried this one and she's like, I'm possessed. Right. You know what I mean? But. That's true. According to everything that I've read, it sounds like they were like, oh, well, they put her on these medications and it didn't do shit. And so they just gave up. Right. You know what I mean? I also find it very strange that there is a. Disorder that they diagnose her the Gershwin whatever mm-hmm. disorder that can cause people to act excessively religious. So that's so strange. So with Gershwin syndrome, I don't think now I don't know because I didn't go down that rabbit hole, but I don't I think with Gershwin syndrome it doesn't take an obnoxiously no offense an obnoxiously pious person right and make them act more pious. Well, These it's saying people, it, make, it can make you act extremely religious. Right. Or excessively religious. Right. However. Which is crazy. This me. is saying her symptoms, like, started when she was 16 years old. Right. Because of Geschwin syndrome. Well, she was diagnosed with it. That doesn't mean she had it. Right. I was diagnosed with one thing, and then they were like, oops, my bad, you have this. Oh. What I'm saying is she could have... diagnose you with Geschwin syndrome? <laughs> because I'm such a pious person. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. What's the opposite of Gishman syndrome? <laughs> oh, you're the devil? Cool. Yeah. So, um, no. But what I'm saying is, like, she was already ridiculously religious because she was raised right. that yeah. way. Right, yeah. So, 
I think they're being like, oh, well, this syndrome fits the box. Maybe this is why you're this way. Right. I feel like they're just throwing things at her, being like, well, this could explain it. And it's like, well, look at her fucking family life. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? This was shoved on her family, and her mother raised her that way because that's how she was raised. Right. Anyways, that's my two cents on that. The Washington Post reports, or the Washington did report, <laughs> others first became convinced of Annalise's possession when she could not walk past a certain image of Jesus while on a pilgrimage, refused to drink holy water, and gave off a strong hellish smell. Maybe she just needed a, <laughs> a shower. A hellish smell? And first of all... Sulfur, I'm assuming? Who, who drinks knows? holy water? I mean, I would, just to see if I start burning. Well, why would they want her to drink holy water? I mean, I grew up in the church my entire life, and they never... Never ask you to drink holy water. You, like, put your hand in it and do the sign of the cross on your forehead. So another thing that I read was that she tried multiple times for hours to try and go into this, like, holy site or whatever. She tried for hours with this one pastor or priest or whatever it was. And she tried and she tried. And she physically could not do it. And I think that was one of the things that she could do. I don't think she refused to drink the holy water. I think she physically couldn't. She couldn't. Yeah. And whatever this hellish smell is, God only knows. Well, they say when, you know, demons are around, smells, like you said, sulfury and Mm -hmm. eggy and disgusting. Right. Like moose. Like moose being around. Like moose's asshole. Right. Mm -hmm. The largest, whitest asshole ever. My dog's been farting all day. (laughs) Yeah. It literally smells like a couch of shit (laughs) under your nose. (laughs) Maybe he needs an exorcist. <clears throat> so an exorcist from a town nearby confirmed her possession, but Annalise's request for exorcism from her local priest was twice denied, with the response the bishop had to approve the rite. Unfortunately for all involved, it wouldn't take long before the bishops and priests changed their mind. Well, that sounds familiar. Yeah. So let's talk about some disturbing ass behaviors. Okay. All right. So according to what Annalise's mom told the Telegraph, things got considerably worse than just not being able to walk past a picture of Jesus or hearing voices. I can't walk past a picture of Jesus without hearing voices either. I'm just kidding. I think Katie might be possessed too. Maybe I do the possessing. (laughs) We've gone over this. Well, I'm going to be the high priestess of of hell, and you said you're Satan, so... Sit on my lap, bitch. (laughs) All right, so soon Annalise was compulsively doing hundreds of squats and genuifications a day. 400 to 600 by most accounts until she eventually ruptured the ligaments in her knees. At one point. Oh my God. Yeah. I couldn't do that many squats. What was she doing? Oh, genuflections. Yeah. Holy shit. Squats and genuflections a day. 400 to 600 by most accounts. Dude, when they show that in the movie, the Annalise one. Or not Annalise, the Emily Emily Rose. Rose. It's so fucking creepy, dude. She Uh played that part so good. Yeah. At one point, she crawled under a table and stayed there barking like a dog for two days. Oh, my God. She ate spiders and coal. (laughs) She bit the head off a dead bird, which another report says it was a bat. Oh, my gosh. Um, where one my Goshwin syndrome. (laughs) Oh, my Goshwin syndrome, Batman. (laughs) Pun intended. (laughs) Where, one might ask, did she get these things? Uh... We'll never know. Maybe right. (laughs) She caught them with her bare hands. Her screaming could be heard for hours at a stretch through the walls, and she was also known to urinate on the floor and then lick it up. What a 
fucking nightmare, dude. Mm-hmm. No. I don't know. Could you what, imagine no. watching one of your children do this? No. I think about that all the time, which is crazy. I'm always like, Danny, what if you went into Dexter's room and he was like, his head was lapping up his piss. And he was like vomiting and he was floating in the air. Like, doing all this, like yeah. I'm like, what would you do? And I already know what he would do. He would fucking run and push my ass in there. I like, know he would. Take care of it. I know he would. <laughs> it is weird that I think of that all the time. Like, if one of my kids was possessed, it would, would I definitely save them? be Dexter. <laughs> None of this seemed like normal teen behavior, you don't say. Oh, yeah. And Annalise's family wanted to seek further psychiatric treatment for their daughter, but Annalise refused, begging for religious intercession, perhaps influenced by the hugely successful then-new film, The Exorcist. Annalise demanded an exorcist of her own. Before I go any further, fuck what you want, I'm the parent. Like, that would be what's in my brain. Right. How old is she at this point? She's still 16? She's 16. Okay. I don't want psychiatric treatment. My parents want me to do it. But I just saw the movie The Exorcist and that's what I want. Yeah. Okay. I'd be like, we're going to go the medical route first. Well, yeah. See if it helps. And I'm going to have you the... I'm having you evaluated by every doctor in every country in the Hell fucking world. Yeah. It'd be so hard to live with that. Before I bring a priest in here and be like, mm, exercise her demons. I know. Even though I believe in that shit, like, it would take a lot for me to be like, to get to the point where like, we need to call an exorcist. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? A young priest and an old priest. Like, this is, Like, on. I would have to know 100%, like, this is not a mental disorder. This is the fucking demon. I would need It'd to see... It would be so hard to get to that point. I would need to see way more than 600 squats a day yeah, and like her them. being like, I saw the exorcist and that's what's happening. Yeah, like if you saw them walk up a wall. I had a, a seizure. Wall, walk yeah. up a wall and walk on the ceiling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Fucking moon walking up a wall. <laughs> Punching grandma. Exactly. In 1975, she got her wish. The local bishop, Josef Stango, Approved Annalise's third request after she received support from a priest named Ernst Alt, who believed her condition was more than just epilepsy and hallucinations, which can also be caused by those medications. Just Mm. saying. The bishop assigned Pastor Arnold Renz to work together with Father Alt to perform an exorcism rite from 1614 under the condition they did so in total secrecy. She has celebrity demons. Celebrity demons. Celebrity demons. She got some famous demons. The rite of exorcism was performed on Annalise Michelle for the first time, but by no means the last time, by Father Renz on September 24th, 1975. Over the course of her various sessions with the priest, Annalise revealed the names of many of the more notable demons who possessed her. As it turns out, her body was something like a VIP section for the damned. Souls you would probably have thought of as evil-doing humans rather than proper demons contended for dominance within her. According to the Washington Post, Annalise served as a host for the souls of history's greatest villains, Cain, Judas, Nero, Lucifer, and Hitler, among others. These dark souls would speak through Annalise, intoning evil wisdom and even dunking on each other. I would pay to see that. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> Hitler, who, according to Annalise's mother, would speak with an appropriately Austrian accent, would declare that people are just as stupid as pigs, which does seem consistent with his philosophy. Meanwhile, Judas would retort Hitler was not actually a big deal in hell, but just talked a big game. <laughs> no surprise. Little, little man, little dick syndrome. 
Yeah. No Little word. Mustache. Right. Big pussy. <laughs> no word on whether Judas spoke with an Aramaic accent, but it does make sense that he would not be impressed with Hitler's anti-Semitism. Furthermore, BuzzFeed claimed that one of Annalise's demons was excommunication, excommunicated priest Valentine, Valentine, whatever, Fleischmann, and even though Annalise should not have known anything about him, she was able to provide accurate details of the naughty behavior that got him booted from the church. That's pretty... See, that's where these things get weird. This is where... These are the things that make you go, hmm. Yeah. Because if you're talking about an excommunicated priest... Right. And it, and then you can tell about their secret dalliances. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, how in the world would you know that? Yeah, well, that's why they tell priests, like, you know, they have other priests come in that assist them or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. They're like, if there's anything that we cannot know, you can't go in that room. Because the demon will know and they will call you out. Exactly. Exactly. And that, if that happens, though, it's like, there's your fucking proof. Right. And if, how in the world would this 16-year-old child or yeah. 18 or however the fuck old she is at this point, how would she know? Yeah, she can call you out on your shit. Exactly. Like, that's crazy to me when shit like that, when they talk about stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Over the course of nine months, sessions lasting up to four hours were held once or twice a week in an attempt to drive Judas and company out of Annalise Michelle. All told, as the Washington Post explains, Annalise was subjected to a total of 67 exorcisms. This, by any metric, is a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Father Renz allowed some of the sessions to be recorded and some 42 hours of audio, which you will hear some of, of the exorcisms of Annalise Michelle exists. And what those tapes contain is horrifying. And we are going to play a clip of it here. So here's your warning. Um, Trigger warning. Michelle's voice on the recordings is inhuman and demon-like. She gurgles, growls, hisses, and spits obscenities in between sessions of Judas and Hitler arguing and explicating the terrors of hell. The Post notes that Michelle's voice in these tapes sounds remarkably like Linda Blair's in The Exorcist, but your mileage may vary on that. During these sessions, even as Annalise wasted away physically, she exhibited what witnesses describe as superhuman strength and her behavior would become so violent that she would have to be held down, chained to her chair, or otherwise restrained so that the priest would be able to continue performing their rites. It was around the time, or around this time, that Annalise broke all the bones and ripped all the tendons in her knees Gosh. from kneeling so much. Honestly, being chained down might have been the preferable alternative to all that. Yeah. Getting chained to a chair for 
four hours, 67 times in nine months so priests can yell at you and throw water at you so the power of Christ can compel you would take a lot out of anyone. But in one of the more shocking details of the case, it wasn't actually all the exorcism that killed Annalise Michelle. Annalise's sense of responsibility to atone for the sins of her generation did not end just because of the near ceaseless exorcism rituals. During the nine-month period of her exorcisms, Annalise began talking about the possibility of sacrificing her own life on behalf of the rebellious youth and youth and sinful priests, but she or she considered to be plaguing the modern era. By this point, she had requested not to be treated medically for her epilepsy any longer, relying fully on the priest's exorcisms, and had stopped eating altogether, planning to starve herself to death to atone for the sins of others. That's crazy. To me, that's assisted suicide. That's a martyr. It's like, you don't... You don't have to do that. You don't. You're not helping anyone you're martyring, by doing that. You're hoping to be a martyr, but you're not a martyr. Right. That's, that's what she's trying to that's do. That's assisted suicide. If you want to die, then fucking off yourself. Right. But do not. Right. And one of the things Don't I make read... a fucking priest do it, of all people. Right. If you're so fucking pious and Catholic and, oh, I need to atone for everyone else's sins, that is not the way to fucking do it. You're going to go to heaven for that? Yeah, no. And you're not saving anyone by doing that. Let's be honest. You're real. not saving yourself or anyone else. But um, I had also heard that she... It wasn't all her choice to stop taking the medicine. She did it because the priest suggested that she stopped because he told her the medicines were keeping the demons inside her. I did read that as well. Yeah. That's why science and religion <laughs> often don't cross. Right, exactly. And why you don't get medical advice from the church. Mm-hmm. The Telegraph says that by spring of 1976, Annalise was emaciated and had contracted pneumonia. Exhaust from the brutal exorcism sessions, suffering from a fever and weakened from not eating, Annalise Michelle died of starvation and dehydration on July 1st, 1976, weighing a mere 68 pounds at just 23 years of age. The end of Annalise's life, however, was hardly the end of the story. If you find yourself feeling angry, Annalise's parents and their priests would be so irresponsible as to let a young woman slowly starve to death in front of their eyes for basically no reason, don't worry. You're not alone. Annalise's parents and both Father Alt and Father Lenz were arrested and charged with negligent, <laughs> negligent homicide for failing to get Annalise necessary medical care in her final days. While it was recognized Annalise's organ failure was inevitable towards the end, experts found Annalise could have been saved even just a week before her death with the most basic medical care. However, the prosecution recognized that Michelle's, uh, the Michelle's had pursued practically every possible avenue to help their daughter and asked the court merely to change the priest or charge the priest a fine and find the parents guilty, but give them no punishment as they had suffered enough. To give this already sensational trial an even more lurid edge, the Michelles had Annalise's body exhumed before the trial because a nun had told them that she had a vision Annalise's body was incorrupt in the grave. If this turned out to be true, it would be evidence something supernatural truly was afoot and the exorcism was warranted. Suffice it to say, the body turned out to have followed the natural course of decomposition. In the Annalise Michelle trial, more was at stake than merely the guilt of two parents and two priests. 
The trial also served as a referendum of sorts on the issue of science and reason versus religion. In comparison to some other European nations, Germany is considered highly rational and secular. For example, in Italy, nearly half a million exorcisms are performed each year, and about one-fifth of the world's practicing exorcists live in France. By comparison, Germany has only two or three practicing exorcists who perform in secret under the bishop's approval. Even among baptized Christians in Germany, about one-third of Catholics and half of Protestants don't believe in life after death. As such, as a country that prides itself on secularism, German officials didn't want to be seen going on the record as considering the president, or presidents, presence of the devil as a legitimate defense. At the same time, the church has a vested interest in maintaining Satan is real. If demons don't exist and priests can't exhibit control over them in the name of Christ, elements of the Bible come into doubt, which could lead an already secular nation into questioning religion even more. While the court did hear the arguments in favor of Annalise's possession, in general, the case was handled in a way that downplayed the existence of the devil. Over the course of the trial, the tapes of the Annalise Michelle exorcism session were played in court as evidence Annalise was possessed, with clips of the demons arguing being used to prop up that claim. Furthermore, the Michelle's church-sponsored attorney argued exorcism is legal and protected under the German Constitution's guarantee of religious freedom. The prosecution, meanwhile, naturally produced doctors who testified Annalise was not possessed, but that she suffered from a psychological effect brought on by both her unusually religious background and her epilepsy. All four defendants were found guilty of negligent homicide, but of the lesser charge of not of negligent homicide, I'm sorry, but of the lesser charge of negligent manslaughter. However, while the court gave a more lenient sentence than the public had expected, it was not as lenient as the prosecution had suggested. While the state had argued the parents should suffer no punishment and the priest should merely pay a fine, the court gave them all six-month prison sentences, which were suspended and three years probation, which is fucking bullshit. Despite the guilty verdict, the Michelles remained convinced that they had done right or that they had done the right thing. Annalise's mother said the exorcisms were justified because Annalise's hands had borne stigmata as a sign that the demon should be driven out so Annalise could atone for the sins of others. She said she did not regret her daughter's death as she was convinced there was no other course of action. The Annalise Michelle trial became a huge media spectacle and German priests found themselves embarrassed to be associated with what they considered old-fashioned practices, especially the fact that the rite of exorcism used on Annalise dated back to 1614. That is creepy sounding like it's so old. Way to take it back to the 17th century. Many with the German church made a concerted effort to modernize the church's rules about exorcism. German bishops and theologians formed a commission to review the church's practices, and in 1984, they petitioned the Vatican to reform their approach to exorcism. Namely, the German commission was concerned about the constant use of direct address of the demons using the rite, such as saying, I command thee, unclean spirit, and so on. The commission found this part of the ritual did the most psychological damage, because when the priest addresses the demon instead of the patient, what the patient sees is an authority figure confirming the presence of a demon inside them, which only worsens the delusion that is often at the heart of the possession cases. Yeah. The petition by the German commission specifically asked the Vatican to remove 
and indeed forbid this part of the right. It took 15 years for the Vatican to return a decision on the case, and when they finally addressed the issue of exorcism in 1999, the Germans did not get what they wanted. They revised exorcism, or I'm sorry, the new revised exorcism formula still included the possibility of speaking directly to the devil within the patient. Oh. So apparently, Annalise Michelle's grave has become like a pilgrimage site. Oh, really? People from all over the world believe that she is a martyr. Yeah. And they go and... I mean, people show up in fucking busloads. Really? To see her grave. I mean, I would go, but probably not for the same reason as those people. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. I mean, they still, to this day, go. Yeah. It says... Uh, those who feel outside the religious mainstream gather to pray, sing songs. They leave notes for her, uh, requesting help. The one that, you know, the way that one might petition a saint. Uh-huh. It, it's almost like, have you seen that movie, like, Letters to Juliet? Oh, that, yeah. That, like, rom-com? You know how yeah, they would yeah, leave, yeah. like, Juliet letters, time. like, in the wall? In that wall, yeah. They do the same, it's the same kind of idea, like, where they write her letters asking for... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, Annalise's mother said in 2005, still living in the house where the daughter died decades later within an eye shot of her daughter's grave, that she had a prayer that she would hand out to visitors, uh, to be said daily, thanking God that Annalise's sacrifice showed young sinners how they can devote their lives to the will of God. Oh God. Her mother is a fucking problem. Right. So I did find um, a little bit of dialogue, like a few little quotes from some of the exorcisms okay. from the demons. So they've all been translated at they, this point. I would yeah. love to hear you say it in uh, Aramaic and German. Ich, and <laughs> ich spreche nicht gut Deutsch. So I found them in English. Okay. So it says she was possessed by up to 10 demons, some of whom were some of whom revealed themselves. There's Lucifer, Cain, Hitler, Nero, Father Fleischmann among them. The two priests who carried out the exorcisms were not supported by their bishops. They suffered much. They knew she was possessed having carried out all of the tests to have that have to be done when deciding on a case. It's pretty meticulous. Father Fortea talks about the assessment in his interview. The priest recorded the exorcisms, which means that there is a record of what was said. What demons say is revealing. I'm only going to put some of what they said, and these were published by Father A. Ferroni. Father Fortea includes them in an ebook. So it says, word of warning, some of what the demons said are controversial. They might make you hold your breath. I definitely held mine. All right. So, um, Lucifer said, and these are not, these are not in context. This is like, here's some things that Lucifer said over the time. Here's some things that Nero said. Here's some things that Hitler said. So, um, under Lucifer, it says, I want to conquer the earth for myself. In the meantime, I make a rich booty. I'm filling up my kingdom. I can, I take whatever I can take. I must convince you of this. The majority have abandoned Nazarene. How foolish. Those still faithful are a small flock. The enemies of the church belong to us. Father Renz asks Lucifer, 
Um, you are responsible for heresies. I don't even know what this. Those of Kung. Lucifer replies, yes, and we have still more. Um, Lucifer said, the priest should say that I exist or else they will all go down. Uh, Judas says, I am damned for eternity, you careless people. If you could just imagine what it is to be damned for eternity, I am damned. I will not come out of the girl down there. It is too tormenting. If people knew what was in store for them by not going to church, it will fare them extremely bad. These modern, I'm sorry, these modernists are the result of my work and they already belong to me. They no longer obey the Pope in Rome. It is the one in Rome who still keeps the church going. The religious in monasteries watch TV and don't pray enough, do not kneel down, and they extend their paws. Cain said, I have killed my brother, I am burning. Hitler said, men are so beastly stupid, they believe after death all is finished, but life goes on either up or down. Father Fleischmann says, I was a priest at Edelben. I am damned. It's horrible down there. Judas pulled me down here. I am damned because I fulfilled my duties very badly. I have killed one person and I had women. I prayed too little. I was in a hurry to finish my sacred duties. Now I am down here languishing for eternity. No priest should marry. If the bishops did not permit communion in the hand, this would not have happened. Nero said, you should follow the message of Fatima. Humanae Vitae is decisive. The whole Humanae Vitae. Sorry, I don't speak Latin. Hmm. The rosary should be recited or else it is the end. Um, miscellaneous things the demons say. The modernists are killing the church. We are hard at work at this. The bishops are so foolish as to believe the theologians like Kung rather than the Pope. We gotta look up Kung. Yeah, I don't even, I never even heard of that. Yeah. Nero said the Dutch bishops are heretics. They have become unfaithful to the Pope. Catholics have the true doctrine and they run after Protestants like prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> the doctrine is falsified in the church. People should go to confession. Holy water should come back to houses. Also, the crucifix should return its place in the home. Um, films are bad and TV not better. Thanks for that. Good thing we're on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Right. Um, in 1975, Judas also said, we are very happy with new reforms. We are most happy with these changes. So those are just a few quotes that I found. So that's what I have on Annalise Michelle. Well, I am excited for you guys to listen to the clips. Me too. <clears throat> because... They're very disturbing, though. Yeah, and this is just a generalization of the story. Like, there's so much more that goes into this it. This is a rabbit hole mm-hmm. in a rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. In a rabbit hole. I mean... Like, there was a time where could... she was in a home, and she looked out the window, and she saw the Mother Mary. Yeah. There was times when... Um, I mean, there's just... I can't even remember. There's so much that happened, so it's hard to just, like... Compounded into, like, one in episode. all of these, like we were talking about in the last episode, in all of these exorcism stories, obviously it sounds like mental illness. But, you know, if I was fucking possessed, and then my parents are, like, calling doctors and shit, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, just take this medicine, but I knew, like, no, help me, I am possessed, that would be awful. 
Yeah. Because it's always going to get passed off as mental illness. Mm-hmm. And if it is You know, is and I didn't real, even think about it. Like, if I was begging for help and I'm like, no, I promise... Yeah, and they're like, not no, something. honey, you're sick. It's like, fuck you, no, I'm not. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't like, even think about it from that aspect. It could be from either perspective. And then when you listen to her audio, you're like, holy shit, what the fuck? And she's speaking in languages that she didn't take in school. You know, she's speaking in some that she did know. Yeah. But then there's ones that, like, there's no record of mm-hmm. her learning those, which is weird. And the things she was saying is really weird. And they're all different voices, which is weird. Mm-hmm. So when you listen to it, it's really fucking weird. And I'm not saying she didn't have psychological problems. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying if she didn't and she really needed help the other way and people are like, no, no, she, you know, she's just mental. That's like crazy to me. Yeah. It's so scary. Like you're trapped in this box and there's, you're just fucked. The only thing <clears throat> that like weirds me out about her story And again, I'm not saying she was not possessed. The only thing that wears me out about her is that she and her mother especially were already so fucking religious. Right, yes. That all of these things that these people were saying about hell, these so-called demons were talking about hell. Right. She could have heard these things, read these things, oh, thought sure. these things up. I just feel like all of these things could have been pulled out of her ass. Oh, yeah. But when and you And somehow hear... she could have figured out a way to make these guttural noises. I'm not at all saying that this didn't happen. I'm not right. at all saying that she wasn't possessed. I'm just saying for somebody as religious as she is and as Catholic as she is. Right. And her mother, God only knows what... No pun intended, because I'm not religious at fucking all. But I just feel like if anyone was going to have all of these things to come flying out of her mouth, she is a prime target. No, I I agree, but you haven't heard the audio. I have not. And that... So let me tell you what happened to me when I first listened to the audio. The audio is fucking convincing and fucking fucking terrifying you know haunt your goddamn nightmares see and i didn't listen to the audio long time i read the transcripts yeah i didn't that, listen to the audio yeah it's because i don't want to listen to it by myself oh no dude it's you can't understand what she's saying because it's different languages but it's it's fucked up and reading it like when it's like translated and stuff it's like well she probably knows most of this shit from like being so religious so here's when the thing you listen to it though real quick though i'm just real quick sidebar before you continue okay. On our last episode that which we Which is re- our next episode. Which is actually our next episode. But <laughs> on the last episode that we recorded, I explained to Mandy that and I've said it before, I'm an atheist. I do not believe in heaven and hell. I do not believe I believe I'm a devil. <laughs> I'm safe. But you can't because you don't believe in right. hell. But I don't believe in demons as they're described in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe them as a religious person believes in demons. That's not to say that I don't believe that demons exist. I believe in demons in a way that I do in the paranormal forces. Right. I believe that there are dark forces and I believe that a demon can exist without coming from hell I, I think that there are entities that have never been human that can possess you and haunt you and kill you even. 
I just don't think that they come from the pits of hell and scream about God and all of that stuff. So that's just a little bit of context about what I'm talking about. What the, yeah. what are did you? Did you hear that at? behind you when you said that? I did. And as it, soon as you I said, have chills as, on my listen, back. As soon as Katie said, "I don't believe they come from the pits of hell," it was like knock, 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 right fucking. There's behind literally you. something like something like, directly behind me, and it's like I have my back to the that rest was of the room, nuts, dude. and I literally have like fuck. We conjured a demon. It literally feels like all of the hair in the back of my neck is standing up right now, and I'm freaked the fuck out. That was that was weird timing. It, I will say that's weird timing. I don't believe in coincidences. That's why I'm freaked but out. No, but like, seriously. You don't believe in demons, bitch? All right. But I do believe in ghosts. I do believe in demons, just not on a religious level. Right. So I have a hard time with all this, Judas said we're happy with reforms in the church. Okay. Well, I'm not even sure. Right, I know. That's I funny. don't think Judas even existed, so that's cool. But that's just my take on it. Right, right. But continue. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was saying. I'm sorry. Oh, so, okay. So my whole argument against Katie is she hasn't listened to it yet. That's the one thing I want you to do before you decide. But so here's what happened to me when I very first listened to it. I was... I don't, I guess it was when that movie came out. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Mm -hmm. I had gone to see that. Yeah. So, quick side note on that is when I went to see it, I saw it with um, Lindsay and Desi. Yeah. And we're in the movie theater, we went to Reston Town Center. And while we're watching it, I keep hearing this like scratching noise. Like these theaters had huge high ceilings, you know? So, me and Lindsay are like, what the fuck is that? So we're looking up and it's the panels like at my work, Mm -hmm. but like it's like slid over a little bit so Mm -hmm. you can see that. And we're like, okay, that's really creepy. Like someone's probably up there watching us. So then we're watching the movie and then we hear it again and we look up and it's slid over more. Shut up. And I'm like, oh my God, it was so scary. It happened like three times and it moved more and you could hear it like fucking move. And, um. So we're like, oh my God, it's a demon. During the movie? Yeah, it was during the movie. It was so scary. So I'm like, I don't know if there's just some creep up there with like a camera. I don't fucking know. But anyway, (laughs) it was really scary. So, but I was super interested after that. That's how I found out about the story of Annalise. Mm -hmm. So I was super interested in it. And um, I was at home with Danny one night and I was like, okay, I know the audio is on. It was like when YouTube was like newer. Yeah. (laughs) It was a long time ago. And I was like, I know the audio's on there. I said, but I want to listen to it by myself. So he's like, okay, I'll listen to it with you. It was actually before we were married. So it was a long time ago. And um, so we're listening. The movie listening. came out in 05. Yeah. And we got married in 07. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're listening to it. And we both, like, get freaked out, right? So we're like, fuck this shit. And we, like, close the laptop and we put the TV on. Well, probably, like, 20 minutes later, the audio goes off. And it's fucking loud as shit my computer is still shut we open the computer and we're like turn it off turn it off (laughs) and we can't get it to stop oh my god yeah and i mean it's not like it stayed on when we closed the computer because like time had passed yeah you know yeah and it just started going off again with it was her exorcism the audio to her exorcism just started going again and i was like are you fucking kidding me and i was so scared and when danny acts scared it really fucking scares me yeah so i'm like you're supposed to protect me right you know? um 
But I don't remember. I mean, we had to just like mess with it for like a few minutes to get it to go off. We couldn't get it to go away. Mm -hmm. It was so crazy. And so after that, I was like, I'm not listening to this shit again. Yeah. (laughs) I did. I just, I couldn't bring myself to watch it alone. Well, dude, if that happened to you when you were alone. (sighs) Yeah. Oh my God. That would have been the fucking worst. Cause it was, I had my husband with me, future husband. And I was like terrified. Something told me just like, don't watch this by yourself. Right. It was. And so I think that's part of the reason this story to me feels realer. Yeah. More real, whatever the fuck the word is. Because when I first heard about it, that's what happened to me. I was like, okay, I'm done with this story. (laughs) Note, duly noted. Got Got it. it. Yep. Yeah. Signs are clear. And you know what? Now I think about it. Remember I, I told you how I, uh, when I first got scratched, I was just like watching TV Mm -hmm. and my arm started burning. Yeah. It was was that house. Mm. Mm -hmm. And Timmy then started complaining about like we had a finished basement and he was my only kid at the time. And we had like his Nintendo and TV and stuff and a couch down there. Mm -hmm. And he would always tell me that, um, the people walking up and down the stairs scared him. Yeah. They'd scare me too, homie. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, what fucking people? And that's also the house where the main electricity went off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of shit happened there. So, yeah. I don't know. But, anyway, that was my story with when I very first heard her audio. And yeah. it was fucked up. And when I was listening to Astonishing Legends one time and they covered Annalise Michelle. Mm-hmm. And they were, and I was driving home from work in the dark and they're like, okay, here's your warning. We're about to play the clip for her exorcism. I'm like, do I do it? Do I do it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, do I so need scared. to change it? I was so scared. So then here's, I, oh my God, I forgot about all the shit. <laughs> so then. You're um, welcome, flashback. <laughs> no, this is crazy though. This, I'm telling you, this shit's crazy. Uh, so I let it play, right? I'm like, I can fucking do this. I've heard it before. You know, mm-hmm. it's fine. I can do it. So they play it. No shit. You know how they say like, you smell burning or sulfur, or sulfur, whatever, yeah. When um, or burnt a demon a is nearby or something, yes, you know, kind of thing. Listen, as I'm listening to it, my car smelled so much like smoke and sulfur that I kid you not, I kept looking. I thought one of my tires was on fire. I'm not mm. kidding. I pulled over. Like, I didn't think demon. I didn't think... You thought something was mechanically I something, wrong. I looked at my temperature gauge and that was fine. So mm-hmm. I, for some reason, assumed my tire was on fire. That's a reasonable I've heard of that assumption, yeah. And I literally pulled over and my car was fine, but the smell was so strong. And I was like, I'm never listening to this shit again. See, I'm glad I didn't listen to yeah. it. So and even, I was by myself, yeah. And that's why I said, even though I don't believe it on a religious level... Right. I can still believe that demons exist. The dark forces could be attracted to this shit. Exactly. Whatever. And yeah. whatever you believe in, if you're open to it, I, you and I have had this conversation before. If I can listen to that and it really is a demonic possession right. and it can be, that's real. And, and it's, they could hear it. It's caught on that tape and you listen to that tape. Right. Who's to say that you're not opening yourself up to some sort of. In, it's not some sort of invitation. Right, yeah. So, I mean, so I literally heard... It almost sounded like it was my own voice in Dude, my like, head that it. said... Literally, it said, don't do it. Yeah. It's probably for the best, honestly. So, I didn't. Just to be safe. That's why I said I would listen to them with you, and the second you were, like, not in my house, I said, that's cool. Yeah. Because 
if it, if for some reason, you know, if we are real, like, like strong believers in the paranormal. And if you believe in one thing in the paranormal, right. You pretty much believe all of it. I mean, you can't have your mind open just a little bit. Even if you don't fully believe it, you're open to it. Yeah, exactly. Because like the possibility said, has to be yeah, there even just a little bit. Yeah. So even if you only just maybe think that demons could maybe be real. Then leave it alone. Leave it alone. And I just knew not to not to listen to those well, you know, tapes. Now I feel like a dick for putting uh, these clips in this episode. Well, you're not listening to the You've whole thing. You've been warned. Well, and we did put in a trigger warning. I don't know. I forgot about all that shit. Like, so many things happened to me revolving around this story, which is crazy. So, listen at your own risk, even though it's too late to share. Listen. <laughs> Sorry about that. Thanks for listening. Listen in next week when Mandy talks about another amazing exorcism. Peace. Trick or treat, it's fucking hell.